Welcome to the ancient show. Yeah, that's it. That's all that matters, man. We did it. We did it. Welcome. We ha- I have a uh, robot son in the studio. The return. What's up? The return of the king. You're by this. Listen, this is a huge statement about my own ego, but you are my favorite podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> easily, uh. easily, like you because you just ask me questions about myself, and that's all that matters to me. That's so funny. That's a perfect. Yeah. It's easy to get on your good side, just to butter, you know. It's in, yeah. I know which side your no, bread respond. is buttered on. Yeah, I I respond incredibly well to flattery, man. Flattery will get um, you everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> oh man, no, but you uh you had a topic you wanted to talk about. You had a topic in mind. Yeah, which was welfare welfare three and uh, the lames on Twitter don't get it, man. The big brain big brain Twitter just they're not on your level, bro. They don't. They don't get where you're coming from. They, they hear welfare 3.0. They they think we had, but we we we're talking about UBI, and you're like, shut up, bitch. It's more than that. <laughs> it's well, it's, it's uh, bigger than that. I'm still trying to figure out how it's actually different than UBI. But I was hoping, you know, if I came on your show, you you know, this would be a good place for us to kind of air out some of the differences, kind of map out the conceptual uh, territory. I don't know how to. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm down. Yeah, li- literally, I'm gonna be chugging. I bought, I got six, Coors Lights. I'm oh, gonna be chugging them throughout the pod. That's a good one. That's the oh, one that's cold. Right? I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't buy them. What happened is, every now and then at work, um, a beer will go bad, which means that they're just like the it has to goes out of rotation because it's been like it's been sitting in a break room for or it's been sitting in a stock room for like three months, and then they'll be like, "Hey, do you guys want this beer?" And normally I always say no because I don't drink, but I've had a fucking day. I've had a like a fucked up week, so I was like, "Yeah, man, I'll I'll grab a beer." So I grabbed a beer. I grabbed like a I grabbed like a twelve pack. Nice. And I brought six of them with the intention of being sloppy drunk before this podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good because I you know I yeah. I, I need some perspective you know and uh, well thanks for agreeing to do this for me for giving me a chance to get the word out there uh, about the welfare three and uh yeah man the thing about the the thing about ubi mm-hmm. right and if i if i want to like get into the nitty-gritty of it what i've been thinking about is that the main difference between ubi and welfare 3.0 is welfare 3.0 to me and this is me like literally just interjecting my own brain sauce on it but i've, I've been thinking about it all since you brought it up this afternoon mm-hmm. um i'm taking notes so please well on. yeah <laughs> Welfare 3.0, for the most part, kind of sounds more holistic. Like, it has more to do – it has less to do with – because UBI, as a basic function, just essentially says, here's some money. Do whatever the fuck you want with it, but it's guaranteed no matter what. That that doesn't fix a lot of shit. Hmm. You would think it does, but it doesn't because there is an element – like, this is going to be me sounding like a fucking – what are those called? Like those, like an idealist, like conservative. Oh, like a conservative. No, like a okay. conservative, like a pragmatist. Right? Yeah, because, yeah, well, because like if you gave me, if you gave me five thousand dollars a month, right, and you said make sure that you save a thousand or you know two thousand five hundred for rent, which is Bay Area prices, I will spend three thousand dollars on bullshit. Do you get what I'm saying? Right. Like <laughs> that's, and I'll keep that. Maybe, maybe I might, I might have to suck a little dick every now and then, fucking just to, to make catch up meet. on rent. Yeah. But, yeah, but that's because I know that that money is there in the future, and that's because I don't have any literacy about how to spend it. 
Right. And I don't mean like literacy in this, like, I don't, I don't mean like financial literacy in a sense of like, save your money and 10%. But I mean like responsibility in the sense of like, there's a, there could be better and more. Right. And I think like UBI answers that for a select, like a pretty fucking small selection of the population. Like most people who know about UBI are already responsible adults who have, you know what I'm saying? Like who are, who understand and know how money works. But like the transition period between now and then would be fucking dirty. It'd be hard and rough. And there would be lots of people who would be fucking themselves because they know that they're getting five grand in, a, you know, at the end of the month or at the beginning of the month or whatever. Right. And this is me like being a conservative, like having I'm not a conservative, but having like trying to imagine or map out the mind space of someone who grows up under UBI and never has the concept of cash. Whereas like a welfare 3.0 thing is more or less like. This isn't just about giving you money. This is also about making sure that you have access to all the things that that money you will usually spend that money on so that this money is guaranteed money for like essentially welfare 3.0 more or less sounds like uh, money for enjoyment money, not for you to pay for services, but money to pay for enjoyment. Oh, I like that. Right. Like fulfill fulfillment. You know what I'm saying? It's sort of like, like the whole uh, not, you know, we don't want just what is it? Not just bread, but roses or whatever kind of leftist type of shit, like the bread and circuses thing <laughs> type of shit. No, like uh, like don't well, you, don't you don't want to just like you don't want to just like just survive. You know, you don't want to. Yeah, yeah. No, you want to live, right? And like that's what I mean by like maybe the conservative viewpoint is the wrong viewpoint, man. I'm I'm a beer. I'm one beer in, and I'm. Okay, well, I'm not thinking right. No, <laughs> but, I like your perspective. But, on it. it's, you know, we need we need. But I definitely contrasting views here. But I definitely think that like, uh, not also like there is UBI doesn't do shit for like an already for a capitalist ca- class that already owns most of any everything. So like, if anything, they'll just raise the minimum amount of everything of the price of everything to make your UBI useless because scarcity for the most part is how they make their money. Right. And like in a post scarcity, they're going to figure out a way to like artificially make scarcity, which they're already doing. Like we're already essentially there. So like it, it doesn't work. UBI won't work. Welfare, like welfare 3.0 sounds like that would nip that shit in the bud where it's kind of like, Hey, like Imagine going to a doctor and not having to pay for it. Imagine your doctor being like, yo, homie, like, if I take care of you and make sure I cure your shit, you're not going to give your shit to my mom who I care about and get sick. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, that's that's fucking welfare 3.0. It's everyone hooking each other up because it's in everyone else's best interest. And I've been, man, I've been thinking about that for a hot minute. Like, I mean, that's essentially what the homies is all about. But I've been thinking about we kind of need to abandon loyalty, Right. It it needs to stop. There, we need to give up loyalty as a culture. The idea that people are going to be loyal and ride or die for you for nothing, right? Because that's not that's bad. That's a bad. That's a fucking fucked up bad deal, man. Yeah. That's that's stupid. Why would anyone ride or die for you for nothing? Ride or die for me because it is the best option, and then find the guy who's a better option to ride or die for, and then tell me so we can ride or die for that guy. Do you know? What I, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that makes way more sense to me. It's kind of a weird conception the, of loyalty, I guess. That's I don't believe in loyalty in the most part. I, I want I don't want loyalty. I want people to I want people to act with their best intentions and their best. You know what I'm saying? And if 
like in a welfare 3.0 state, that would make more sense where like, hey, I'm not taking care of you because I have this love and kindness and whatever in my heart. I'm taking care of you because if I don't, I'm fucking myself. You know, <laughs> it's it's a change in mind state. It's a change in mindset over just a UBI where you're just like, here's five thousand dollars. Don't don't buy Funko Pops with it <laughs> <laughs> like or do whatever you want. I don't care, man. Whatever you want to do. You know, like that's yeah. Yeah. Don't gamble this on crypto. It's all going into crypto. No, I hear what you're saying. It's yes. kind of like uh <laughs> as soon as if we have if all other things were basically the same, all other things just you know, the only thing that was different was like, oh, okay, here here's a you know, regular stipend from the government, then mm-hmm. nothing really would substantially, you know, change that much necessarily if you know lots of things that were still the same were were happening that would just absorb the surplus whatever like you know the rent would just go up you know five thousand dollars everywhere or whatever you know so you're saying that you know you need to kind of uh i like what you talk about that the more holistic kind of approach to it where maybe if if you already knew these other things were taken care of then you know then you know your 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 subsidy or whatever would be, um, you know, you could, you could apply it to, uh, to, to just what you were saying for something, enjoyment. Yeah. Or something that makes your life more beautiful and more worthwhile. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like the reality is that a lot of people are going to tell you that this is not true, but it's like, it's a fucking false dichotomy. It's, it's a selling point. It's a marketing thing. People love to see other people enjoy shit. They don't like to see other people enjoy shit at the expense of themselves. That's the reality, right? When you see someone on Instagram flexing that they've been on vacation in the Maldives for seven months, that shit makes you feel bad because there's fucking no way you could do that. <laughs> that sucks. But when you see an old couple walking in the park and they're holding hands or feeding pigeons, there is... A beauty that you feel in it right like at least like most you know human beings like most people they feel a pang of like mm. damn that is beautiful when you see like when you see something that isn't a flex essentially right like when you see people enjoying themselves in a way that isn't a flex in a way that isn't i'm enjoying this because i live a luxurious lifestyle versus like i'm enjoying this because fuck man i'm just happy to be outside i'm just happy to be alive that kind of enjoyment not only like makes your life better, but it makes the people around you. It makes them. They they literally see it, they feel it, they feel inspired to do better and bigger. The flexing shit is like it's the invert. It's the perversion of that. It's like, yeah, I'm trying to flex and get get my team to like fucking work harder and they can live like me. Like, no, dude, you're keep you're pushing them down. You're making you're making them. They're they hate you. They fucking can't stand you, <laughs> right? Like you're making the world a, a more a worse place. And I think that like that change in mindset of like being able to enjoy being able to enjoy things in a more genuine way that don't cost you that doesn't cost you money or isn't like coming at the expense of like you flexing your wealth. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Recently with my job, what I've been doing, because I'm usually finding myself in parking lots uh, like fucking dumbass early in the morning. Um, my new favorite hobby is to watch the sunrise i watch the sunrise and i think about it and i ruminate on it and i write a little poem and sometimes i post them on twitter that shit makes me feel better 
right? It just makes me just feel good. Like I, I did, like I, I don't know, makes me feel important. Like makes me feel like my life is, is in a, going in a good direction. And you know what? I do that shit, and people on Twitter will they'll message me and being like, "Hey, man, this is like surprisingly beautiful, even though it's a poem about your hands being rough." Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But that that kind of shit is what I mean by like being able to find your own enjoyment do something with it and and reflect it into the the world in a bigger and better place and like under i think like under a welfare homiest regime welfare 3.0 that more or less would there would be more enjoyment in the world right yeah so let me um uh so i have i have a text here prepared that uh mm. so this is this is something that i asked the um the computer to create this text, right? Because people were asking me, you know, what is this idea about? And so the reason why it's called Welfare 3, it started out as kind of a, a play on, you know, the idea of Web 3, which mm-hmm. is something that I don't really know anything about, um, except for that it has something to do gotta, with, like, apparently it's about blockchain and decentralized stuff built on blockchains web, or something what do you know about web 3 do you know about it web 3.0 is is essentially it's no it's marketing like oh, everything it all boils down to marketing it's evil marketing demons <laughs> being like hey you know the stuff that's been around for decades what if it was new yeah <laughs> that's literally what it is but but ultimately all it is it's like it's a privatization of the internet and making the internet in the way that they sell it the way they're telling you that it works is that no, 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 no. You don't understand. You only pay for the parts of the internet that you like. And everything else, if you don't like it, you don't have to pay for it. And that's, like, the problem is that you have to now pay for shit. Whereas the old internet, you paid a, an entry fee of just logging on through an internet service provider. And you were exposed to whatever the fuck you were exposed to. And for some people, that caused psychic damage. But for other people, they found communities. And they found people to fucking, you know, enjoy and, and be part of. And big internet companies and and just big media companies were like hey we're losing money because these guys are enjoying themselves what if we what if we said that like what if we curated everything for them made them pay for pay us for the premium of curating it and if they don't like it we can just revoke their access and that's what they're doing that's what three what 3.0 is and it's here okay so you got the explainer so i i asked (laughs) i asked the computer to make me an explainer okay so, mm-hmm. so can I read this to you in, in a, my computer uh, intonation? Voice? It's actually yeah, just going to be my voice. Okay. <laughs> okay, it says, Welfare 3 is a hypothetical concept that is analogous to Web 3, and it refers to the third generation of welfare systems. Traditional welfare systems, which are often associated with the welfare state, could be described as Welfare 1, and these systems are characterized by a centralized and hierarchical structure in which the government is responsible for providing welfare services and benefits to individuals and households. In contrast, Welfare 2 systems are more decentralized and participatory, and they involve a greater degree of collaboration and co-creation between different stakeholders, including the government, civil society organizations, and the beneficiaries of welfare services. These systems are often referred to as social welfare or community welfare, and they aim to empower individuals and communities to take a more active role in shaping their own welfare and well-being. 
just as Web3 technologies, such as blockchain and smart contracts, are designed to create a more decentralized and transparent network of information and data, Welfare 3 systems could be designed to create a more decentralized and transparent network of welfare services and benefits. This could involve the use of blockchain and other emerging technologies <laughs> to enable greater security, privacy, and autonomy for welfare beneficiaries, as well as more open and transparent interactions between different stakeholders. Overall, so the concept of Wealth 3, Welfare 3 is intended to highlight the potential for innovation and disruption in the field of welfare and to inspire new <laughs> thinking about how to design and deliver welfare services in the 21st century. Like Web3, it is a vision of a more decentralized, collaborative, and empowering approach to welfare, which could enable individuals and communities to take a more active role in shaping their own well-being. And text. <laughs> That's... <laughs> It's literally just giving you the web 3.0 explainer, but as welfare. Yeah. But, okay, so here's the thing. It wasn't wrong about web 2.0 and welfare 2.0 being the same. It just whitewashed it. It just made it cleaner than it actually is. Because what happened was in the 90s, uh, when, I was when I was growing up, um, fucking on, on welfare, by the way, uh, <laughs> Bill Clinton decided that he no longer wanted the government to pay for services. And instead, he, like, pretty much just cut welfare as much as possible. And what happened was a bunch of private companies got involved, a bunch of, like, 501c3s and, like, fucking, um, what are those called? Like, just nonprofit organizations, mm. which nonprofit is a terrible fucking word for them because they do profit. They just don't, on paper, turn a profit. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Like, they... they they, they're essentially like money laundering operations for the ultra rich, just trying to clean up their image and buy goodwill. And it's bread and circuses. It's bread and circuses for, you know, the poor people, for mm. the middle class and the poor. And essentially what they were doing was they were cutting all of these services and allowing 501c3 uh, corporate or like organizations and like they were allowing privatization and like even holdings companies to like buy up these smaller uh either grassroots or even astroturfed um well like things that welfare used to provide you like services goods and services that welfare used to provide you and they essentially privatized them and made them profit driven and profit like incentive and that shit sucked like sucked hard um, I grew up on like kind. I kind of grew up on that system, not fully. Like by the time I got to it, it wasn't. By the time we got off of it, it was starting to get worse. But like it was pretty bad when we were still on it, and like, like the internet now, right? Uh, whereas like, essentially it's starting to get worse. Like I was, <laughs> well, like I was explaining about how like the internet back in the day. Whoa. Holy shit! What just happened? Sorry, my I think my thing. I just crashed. dropped. I'm, I'm by myself oh, now. That sucks. This is bad news. I'm all alone. We're reconnecting. We're out in the. My bad. We're out in cyberspace. Yeah, Whoa. Bad. Web two is trying. To, web three is trying to get you. Did you see that? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I did. The, I, the blockchain sorry, like, just came yeah. in here and it was the like, blockchain? we need to shut this shit down right now. <laughs> yeah, get him, get him. Right. <laughs> Red team, oh go. My God, I. I said Bill Clinton and Clinton <laughs> you got, Hill, you got Hillary on, yeah. on chat. Yeah. 
Oh my god. No, uh fucking what I was saying is that like in web 3.0, it's like I mean everyone knows it, man. Google Google searches are much worse. The internet no longer functions how it used to function, which was a resource for information. All information now exists on Reddit, which is one of the worst <laughs> things I've ever heard of in my life. That's horrifying that like the only inf- like the only like information the only way you can access any kind of information or like deep understanding of something is through a subreddit is one of the fucking most horrifying things i think i've ever heard and like not to mention like that killed quora and quora was much better than reddit because quora was far less biased whereas like if you go to a subreddit and you go to like a breathing subreddit and you're like like how do i breathe There'll be guys in there who will be like, here's the thing, man. Uh, breathing, you're not breathing like a real Chad. You have to hold your breath for at least three minutes between breaths. That's how, like, to get real. And then they'll, like, pull up sciences from a bodybuilding forum that some guy quoted in 1836. You know what I mean? And be like, yeah, this is proof that holding your breath for three. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, the, the Internet is so much worse for information now, right? And it has more to do with, like, Web 3.0 privatizing and making it impossible for smaller competitive websites to be able to kind of disseminate and essentially exist on a longer timeline alongside like other bigger websites. The fact that everything like the forum forums have completely gone away and really only exists in subreddits now is like where you're, you know, subject to their changing TOS at any moment or even like Twitter more most recently mm. uh, any kind of opinion or news or critique that you want to look for has to completely not ever mention Elon Musk right yeah. or else you will get instantly you know permaban yeah. or doxed it's like now, this reporter right? like, who is reporting on a reporter who reported on a reporter who reported yeah. on a reporter who yeah. reported on a reporter <laughs> who reported on getting banned for saying Elon sucks <laughs> also got banned yeah. Yeah, also got banned. <laughs> <laughs> We're calling it the ban chain. <laughs> For just $8 a oh month. My. Yeah, you can avoid the ban chain. Right? <laughs> like, no, dude, it's, yeah, it's it's legitimately, and that, what they did is they promised you, like, they, they said, this is, and, like, if you want to talk about, like, really the problem with Web 3.0 and in, like, Society 3.0, which is where we're going, <laughs> right? We're, we're living in Society 3.0. No, I think uh, the thing that has really helped me, like, surprisingly keep – this is – it's insane for me saying keep my wits about me. That's an insane thing. That's an insane Marcos thing to say because that's not something that <laughs> that I normally do. But the thing that has made me be able to, like, understand kind of what's going on in society and and like at a larger context, be able to like view it in a healthy lens has been able to understand that, uh, Felix and Felix Gutierrez and, or I don't fucking, I mean, God damn it. I'm I'm only two beers in and I'm already (laughs) forgetting names, but uh, the guys who wrote schizophrenia and capitalism, when they wrote 1000 plateaus, uh, they were talking about a society of access Right. Access. I'm writing this down. Sorry. I'm just trying to keep notes. (laughs) It's all good. Yeah. Society of access, which is different than the society that we used to have in the society that we used to have. If uh, you were a 
ne'er do well of some sort or someone who didn't want to kind of play by the rules or you had outlets you had an ability to leave and do your own thing granted if you fucked up outside that then you had nothing but you still had like ideologically you still had ways to be right outside of the norm there was a space for you there was a way to succeed there was like a generalization where you could continue growing and growing your your movements by pure virtue of just being who you were the future of ideology and ideological ways of thinking uh would be to remove the ability to like rebel by selling you the ability to rebel oh you want to rebel you have to pay for that oh you want to you want a platform you have to pay for that you want people to see you and know who you are you have to pay for that you're not willing to pay for that starve go fucking die in the wilderness no one cares and that's i mean like that's a little bit fucking i i hate I hate when like conservatives fucking I hate when I agree with conservatives because they, they, they're always bad. It's like one of those is a broke clock right twice a day type thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, but they are they are right about like not cancel culture. I hate when people bring up cancel culture, but they are right about the ability to like there does. There is a worrying narrative where uh, the consolidation of like not social media, but just media in general under like such a small group of people at any moment can change hands like like we saw with uh elon musk buying twitter and the rise in in conservative viewpoints and right just straight up right-wing nazi viewpoints just kind of taking over and yeah anyone who has any kind of left or left-leaning sympathies just kind of either clamming up or not being as vocal out of fear of being banned or removed and in a culture of access where the only way that you make money or the only way that you can like really support yourself is through by is through reaching people is through the access that you have to other people the access you have to other things and people and services and goods all of that can be removed from you in a heartbeat that's that's a terrifying it's terrifying man like even fucking Kanye West is a his shit that's going on right now is bad. He's a Nazi. This isn't me fucking agreeing with him or even believing what he said about like Adidas came in and, and removed all the money from my bank account. I don't think that actually happened. I think he's lying about that. But that's not to say that your bank literally could just say, hey, all you know, all that money that you have in your bank account. Yeah, we don't want you to have that anymore. Right. Nothing. Nothing is stopping them from a bank run other than the fdic but that's only for ten thousand dollars which most people don't have ten thousand dollars hanging around but like that's you know what i mean like the society is built essentially on like a house of cards where at any moment all the things that we think exist could just stop existing mm. and motherfuckers can just take it and there is no way for us to be upset about that you know what I'm saying? Like, we saw that in 2008 with the housing crisis, with the speculation bubble that popped, right? We're going to continue seeing more and more bubbles continuously to rise and, and pop. And there's nothing we can do about it because we don't have the access to do anything about it. Because all of the ability to get out and create a platform and create some kind of 
narrative or education or social conditions that will change things all of that is is locked away through access by people that have more money than all of us more money than any of us could dream of yeah and like yeah like i don't want to get all fucking <laughs> depression pilled and black pilled but that is what we, that's what web 3.0 is that's what they've they're trying to say oh yeah you can privatize your conversation blockchain blah, blah. none of the fucking no no none of us could use that none of us not one of us could use it right like maybe six or seven guys that are fucking extremely autistic on twitter can use that <laughs> but the rest of us cannot use that well i hear There's a lot no of use. web3 stuff is like I hear a lot of the use cases for it are things that sound kind of like good ideas when, when someone's saying, like, if you hear someone sorry, arguing for, like, well, this is good because this could decentralize, you know, communities or communication or platforms or whatever, right? But whenever I see that stuff, I have a hard time connecting to why the blockchain part of it is actually necessary, you know? Like, like for example, like, there is the idea of... uh you know, like these kind of, um, like if you have like a, you could have like a community token or something for your community, you know, like you could have the ain't shit show coin or something and people who mm-hmm. own your token could be part of your, brought, brought, <laughs> yeah, this brought to you by the ain't shit show coin. <laughs> you, can buy us, you can buy us on the FT on what's left of the FTX. <laughs> and if you have Website. that coin, then, yeah. you know, you get yeah. special access to whatever kind of goodies that you know whatever you're you're cooking up at the end of the month and you're like oh i gotta make another drop you know for the for the for the coin holders you know or but and then i it's like but i mean you can do that already with stuff like you know with patreon Patreon or there's other services that are out there that help you help people monetize communities or build communities around you know content or something so but but okay so that's the problem okay this is this is why i'll never fucking succeed Right. Talk to and me. like Ivy gets mad. Ivy gets mad at me for this. Everyone gets mad at me for this. But I I recognize the problem with all. Listen, man, if I wanted to sell out, I know exactly how and who and where and when to do it. I don't want to. I don't want to sell. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a greedy little pig. I'm a greedy little hoarder. I don't want to sell. I don't want to I don't want to monetize. I don't want to make any money off of this stuff. I want my homies to have a good time for free. It kills me to like, we've been doing uh what is it? Um, podcast episodes like Patreon only. And then, I mean, you, you can buy them for a dollar. You can go into the homie collective.com and <laughs> yeah, if you, got a- <laughs> you go to patreoncom slash the homie collective and you give us a dollar, you get the free Patreon or you can get the Patreon episodes that we do, but it kills me to do them. I don't like it because I, I don't want to charge for this shit because because it's antithetical to what I listen. I, what I've come to understand is that anytime you introduce a a means to make money in a community or in a movement, you give an opportunity for management. You give an opportunity for commodification. You give an opportunity for capitalist interest to take hold of what it is that you want to do. And the thing about the homie co- collective and the homie movement ultimately is. I want more homies to be homies and I want homies to feel inspired to create a better world. I want them to think about things in different ways. I want them to make art. I want them to be the beauty that I see in them every fucking day. That's what I want. 
and I, I don't want I don't want to have to charge them to convince them that they're already beautiful because I shouldn't have to. You should see it. You should see that you guys create beauty and love and, and wonder in the world. And I'm just the first guy to notice it. That's all it is. I'm not anything more than that. I just I notice the shit and the homies are the people that they're the power. They're the people that are really putting the shit out there. All I'm doing is just like channeling it because I'm the first guy to notice. Hey, you ever notice that homies when they get together, they're beautiful. They do beautiful things. They ni- they do nice things for each other. Like that's, you know what I'm saying? Like I just put a name to the fucking, to the thing. I didn't do anything more than that. I'm not going to sell a beautiful thing that just happens naturally. Right? <laughs> like that's like selling the sunshine to, you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't make any sense. Why would you do it? Sell my beautiful right? community so, back to me, Marcos. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Just take a little bit off the top. Just keep top. a little something for yourself. Hey, pal. Listen, you know, that's the only way that I've been able to, like, sleep at night thinking about, like, hey, pal, you know, I take a little off the top, pal, and I don't, you know. I wouldn't trust someone. Other than that, I let it go. I'm not going to trust someone that doesn't take a little bit for themselves, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, I do a little, hey, oh, hey, oh, you know. The the homies, their money, that's their money. A little, you know, a little taste, uh, like a little taste. A little casual anti-discrimination. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, can I oh, can I kind of interject another sort of subject here as a segue to the welfare yeah. three thing? Because you bring up an interesting point. I'm going to just keep saying that. You bring up an interesting point. That's really what I should say every time you, <laughs> if I want to, I'll steal the kind of the headwinds of the conversation from you by saying that I liked your point that you made, which I kind of forgot what it was already. But you said something about community art. You're a greedy little pig. Um, I was keep trying to keep notes. So, So the welfare three thing came up to me. And as kind of a uh, a, a riff on the uh, the Web three thing, because you know, and when I read you that thing that the computer wrote about using blockchain to administer welfare or something, it sounds like this horrific dystopian you know scenario. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, oh, disgusted by that. The computer <laughs> is is saying something bad. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's the bad. point that I so the kind of the welfare three impetus for me it came out of what's been happening with the AI art stuff. Okay, that's that's mm-hmm. why. So I'm like, you know, people are like, oh, these NFT coin, you know, Web3 decentral D app bros are ruining everything. And then they, that's become kind of associated with the AI art thing. So there's like a just and, and I think it's kind of really interesting because if you look at how the AI art and the, the human artists verse against AI art, anti AI art sentiment is happening. It's, it's really kind of turned into this divided, uh, it's split on this polarized lines. Like it's become kind of like a political tribalism has, has taken over that whole kind of thing, you know, which I, there's money, there's money to be made on, on picking a side, which is why that is the way it is. It has very little, like, I don't, man, this is me being conspiratorial, but the motherfuckers out there tell me your thoughts. that are, that are <laughs> the motherfuckers that are out there that are like the most vocal about anti-art, anti-AI art, and also like the motherfuckers that are on the flip side of that coin are both engaged in the clout economy. Ooh. They have a narrative, <laughs> they have a narrative to push, and in pushing that narrative, they get their... They get their screen times. They get their cha- they get their clout up, and from that clout, there is an economy based on the mo- on the amount of clout you can receive on Twitter because you can change that. You can you can use Twitter. Twitter's in- an interesting little like internet thing because I don't think it really happens anywhere else on any other 
platform, but Twitter is an interesting platform because you can take the clout that you get from Twitter and you can directly monetize it through Patreon, through YouTube channels. Yeah. Through you could become a all kinds of fun. a streamer or something. Yeah. Precisely. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, I'm you know, like I'm an anti AI art, and I'm an artist, you know, and I stream every Tuesday. You know what this reminds me you of is it reminds me of back during uh, in 2011 during the Occupy uh, days during that whole movement. I remember seeing this freaking guy wearing a beanie going around live streaming stuff, and he was like all like, mm-hmm. yeah, the protests, like I'm going to show you the cops mm-hmm. are bad, and you know, doing his mm-hmm. thing, and. uh you know, I was like, oh, that guy just seems like he's trying to get on, you know, like his stream or whatever. Well, they were doing that. But then they were doing that in 2016. And then now years later, and I think back on that guy who eventually became Tim Wise. I don't know who Tim Wise is. He's that dude who he's like some right wing, you know, streamer guy who wears a yeah, beaner, well, beamer. That makes a, a beanie. That, that, <laughs> racist. <slip. laughs> it's fine. I need you to understand. Robot son is Mexican. It's fine. He gets a he gets a pass. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. He's Mexican. He gets a pass. He's actually Mexican. Not like not like one the fake Mexican that Shaggy says he is. Even though Shaggy is an actual Mexican as well. No, wait. I'm getting him mixed up. I got him mixed up with the anti-racism. With Tim <laughs> Tim Wise is an anti-racism <laughs> educator speaker guy or whatever. Oh, okay. I'm getting him mixed up okay, with Tim okay. Poole. Okay, you know Tim Pool, yeah, the that's YouTuber. What I was say. Yeah, I yeah, know, yeah, I know yeah, who yeah. Tim Pool. Okay, everyone knows who yeah, Tim yeah, Pool yeah, yeah. is on the internet now because he's in, so yeah, annoying yeah. or whatever, or you love him to death for some reason. So, but no, he was like, wait, some, I gotta he be ran, real. right? It's like I'm looking at it right here on Wikipedia. It says first became known for live streaming Occupy Wall Street protests or whatever, right? But it's like you, that's mm. so. So my connection here I'm trying to make is like because you're saying this, there's the clout economy happening with the anti AI art. So I'm like, who's we'll we'll get a new tim pool out of this any issue no it's not even anti it's just any issue right any issue that it arrives any sometimes it's even a non-issue but any issue that arrives there is a clout economy based around it um in 2016 the black lives matter no not just in twitter like just in general right like and that's because of the fine like highly financialized media space man this is okay the drunker I get, the more drinks I get. I'm on my fucking fourth beer. The drink, the more drinky I the get. Drinker um, get. The more drinker I get, uh, essentially, the more schizophrenic I, I start becoming in the sense of like trying to describe things. But ultimately, there is there and has always been like a fucking welcome to the info war. No, there is there there is and has always been uh, essentially like. An economy based on attention. There's always been an attention economy, right? Like that. That's always existed. Uh, But it became much more accessible through the internet and social media. And with the rise and explosion of social media, it is now more prevalent than ever. It's less about being right and more about being lucky. Right. It's a it's a lottery. It's a lottery system. Lots and lots and lots of people are entering the lottery system by having a take and hoping that their take is the one that really gets people talking. Not that it changes shit, because if they change shit, then that if they go and they affect actual real change in the world, what ends up happening is they out themselves. They out themselves out of a job. They no longer have something to talk about. 
Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like they no longer have the clout that they were building on to talk about these things anymore. Right. And it's why most of these guys end up as social conservatives. It's because as time continues on with all of these dudes, they or like not social conservatives. It's either social conservatives or like like weird liberal half leftists that are like, I'm a socialist. But then like but also gay people shouldn't be allowed to be married. Right. Like, oh, I see, I see weird shit like here. that because it's like, uh, yeah, it's like you're, you're kind of angling for the, in the clout economy. If you can get some traction with your take, then, you know, you can get, you can get some clout and that, but by, by virtue of having clout, then you become part of the status quo. And so then it becomes yeah, your job so you to, to reinforce the status quo. Yeah, precisely, precisely. Yeah. And so like, it doesn't matter who wins on the AI art and anti-AI art arc. It, the, all of the takes <laughs> don't matter. It's, there, there, it's a zero-sum game. It, well, it's not a zero-sum game. It, it's, there's plenty of fucking clout to go around. But, like, there will be winners and there will be people you've never heard of who are the losers. Mostly right? lots and of losers. Gonna, <laughs> yeah. And so your Tim Wise is the, <laughs> is the opposite of the Tim Pool. You know what I'm saying? It's like. True. The same guy, different fucking outcome. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And that's essentially that's what I'm getting at. Is that like there's this, and that's oh man, you're gonna give me the zizek. <laughs> uh, Are you gonna start sniff, sniff, sniffing? <laughs> the, the problem here with AI <laughs> is that there is not enough slime girls in pornography, so I am not busting all of the time. <laughs> that was so good. And so on and so on. Okay. And and so on and so on. <laughs> no, That's like the real no, I'm problem just saying that like art. Yeah. You guys invented all this no. nerdy technology. You can compress billions of images into like twenty megs or something and you know, and all and all it does is print out little, you know, sort of like status quo pictures of anime girls without any slime. Come on. Exactly. There's not one single slime BBW in any fucking AR after thousands of hours of prompts of me coming up with them. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. Not one. What the fuck is going on here, man? (laughs) Well, I think I'm looking for us. So so I think, you know, you have a very cynical take on the Web3 thing and I kind of do, too. But what if I just said, you know, like, what if we're kind of a little biased about this and we could you know, imagine what the, what the use case of, cause so I, my, my understanding of this whole thing is like, like they're kind of trying to take off of the, it's sort of like a branding thing, like a branding push. Like you want to try to brand things and push the future of these technologies in a certain direction. So they build a movement around this idea of a web three, but they're kind of taking off of the idea of that there was a web two, but in my understanding of web two, if I may, it's that it was sort of a concept of basically it had more to do with the technology of you went from a, a static web where you went to like a GeoCities page or something, you know, or, you know, a certain, I don't actually, I don't believe that's what web two was. No, this, so I'm, I'm saying like the web two thing different. is like, it became the sort of interactive web where you could like, uh, you know, where, where you would, load a web page and the web page could keep updating continuously, you know, instead of it just being like this information that was no longer 
Uh, that's what I'm saying. I I don't think that that's what I mean. That may be a part of Web two, but I don't think that that's the main. To me, that's not the main draw to Web two. Well, what was what, what what do you see Web two as? Access, accessibility, more people on it. Web one was fucking like six guys in their basement all sending each other the same IRC chat, just sending racist memes to each other. That's what that's what <laughs> Web one point was. That's all it was. It was DARPA guys being like, "Hey, there's no black people here," and essentially just doing that over and over again, right? And then it, it created the ground floor for Web two point and Web two point was d- doing that, but saying the same thing, but as a joke, being like, "Ha, this is a joke," right? And like. It was the accessibility. It was the fact that there was more people on the internet. And, like, to me, the big, honestly, the big, and this, I always go back to this because the biggest changing point in anyone's life was, like, My Little Pony, the, the bronies fucking, like, get essentially getting the show canceled because they were just being too weird about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that, that, that is incredible to me. That's an incredible, like, human accomplishment. That really shows you the power of online be- community. Yeah, legitimately, yes. Uh, it will. It essentially the other the other thing that's a huge fucking deal for me that like no one cares about and only I give a fuck about. And we're gonna look back at this time and like just completely have our brain shattered. And like they're gonna be like, man, either either I'm gonna I'm either gonna be fucking what is that called? Uh, not verified. Goddamn Twitter brain. <laughs> like vindicated. Yeah. I'm gonna be vindicated in history. History will vindicate because I'm telling you. you. They will because because uh, it's Morbin time. Mm. The the Morbius memes, right. getting Morbius, which is, was a fucking dog shit flop of a movie, getting it back in the theaters to die a second slower, worse death, purely through memes, is one of the greatest human accomplishments on earth. Like, <laughs> do you understand how fucking incredible that is? Like, literally, business executives who fucking know better went against their own better judgment based entirely on they got caught up in the hype and they lost they lost millions that's that's incredible that is <laughs> that is a fucking feat that most you know what i'm saying like that yeah that that's a fucking incredible feat in in human achievement and uh yeah that's that's literally like that that is the power of web 2.0 but like brought to web 3.0 but essentially web 2.0 was was enough nerds enough people talking about stuff to get family guy back on the air right like to fucking do things where they had power and they could exercise that power and media at the time which had no idea how to fucking deal with or handle this kind of newborn power capitulated that's that was what web 2.0 was to me web 3.0 was like no actually uh, we're going to take this shit back. Well, I, so you guys I, had, I, I, yeah. I agree with you in part, but I think that it just to like, just to sort of build on, on that idea is there. So to me, the web 2.0 thing was at, I think at first, like there was this movement of making the web more interactive and having it be more about, you know, uh, user community is sort of interacting with each other uh, in more closer to real time and stuff like that. Like at first it started out as like this kind of technological sort of idea of like that. It was a kind of like an upgrade. And I do think that you're right. Definitely that it, that it, it had to do with there being more access and more people, just more people like becoming online and getting, 
getting more access to these services. So there becomes more money and incentive to improve them and the technology is pushed forward in various ways, right? And then that has these kind of compounding effects that, that you know, more investment leads to more people and, and more, more technological improvements and things get better and so on. But so my kind of idea about this is that it's the web point, the web three uh, faction or contingent here has kind of done a sort of branding exercise on kind of on reframing the history of what this meant as it wasn't just a technology, you know, thing, but now they're saying that it, it was a matter of centralization. Like they cast themselves as the decentralists versus the centralized system. So what, in this new framing of the web, it it characterizes the development of Web 2 as one in which, you know, what started off as kind of a more hodgepodge, you know, scattershot sort of small sites and stuff start congealing into these big centralized players like you're like you talk about with, oh, everything is on, you know, all the knowledge is on Reddit. Reddit, and, yeah. You know, all the social media services. So there's there's these, you know network effects accrue to these centralized services and they become empowered. And in so doing, they become able to shut out competitors and, and so on. And now we're kind of in this down phase of seeing the, uh, the downsides of, of having all that centralization. And then you get this, you know, this new contingent of people coming in saying, well, we need a, we need a change from this. We need an answer to this. And so we're looking at, you know, new technologies like the blockchain kind of, you know, idea of building apps and stuff that are that don't require centralized services to function uh, can provide hope for some people who think that they can use that to create new platforms and, and layers for communities to do those things without requiring those centralized intermediaries. Although when you look into those things, usually they're all still run through discords and web pages and stuff anyway. But, you know, I mean, that's that's kind of the dream as yeah. I see it. The real shit, man. I don't know, like a, a long time ago on one of the older episodes, which if you want to listen to all the old episodes, you can go on to the Homie Collective, patreon.com slash the Homie Collective, and you can look up all of our old episodes. They are all up there. Ka-ching. Anyways, um, for $1, all you got to do is give us $1. Anyways, um, the price of a cup all, of coffee for five yeah. days <laughs> that you, you have can just support one cup of the homie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but essentially... Um, we talk about I, with Max actually of all people uh, from the Intergalactic Railroad. We talked about it, uh, talking about like anarchist space programs, where it's just a couple homies getting together, figuring out rocket fuel and sending our own satellite into space, right? Because legitimately, who the fuck is stopping us, right? Like maybe national air control, but like if we can get out to like some remote ass area in Wisconsin where there is very little we might be able to send up our own satellites. And if we could set up our own satellites and start pinging them, we could build our own internet. You can get a homie internet, right? You can get an anarchist, like, you know, intergalactic railroad internet, you know? And the fact of the matter is, like, you, right now, well, actually, no, maybe, maybe laws have changed. But, like, when we were talking about it, there were no laws. You could literally just go out there and fucking, if you wanted to shoot a rocket up into space, you could fucking do that. You could shoot your own goddamn rocket. Shoot, It wouldn't take much to build your own little satellite and ping shit off of it. You know what I'm saying? And, like, that's the real Web 3.0. You want to talk about decentralization, that's it. Getting your own fucking, being able to, com- like, 
to fight Verizon and, and, and you know what I'm saying? And like being able to fight these massive multinational conglomerate media agencies that essentially have a stranglehold on the on telecommunications markets and the technology that, you know, we can't do anything like that. If I built my own fucking cell phone tower, you know what I'm saying? Like my own homie cell phone tower. And I just started shooting, blasting out microwaves so that I don't have to pay fucking Verizon anymore. You're, you're fucking, you bet your fucking ass I would get a call from, you know what I'm saying? Like the FCC, like the broadcasting yeah, company. They won't being let like, you Yo, be. You guys can't just, yeah, literally. And that is because they're, this is, and this goes back to what I was talking about earlier, the society of access, right? You do not have the access to be able to do these things, right? You don't have the, one, you don't have the fucking funds because... No one is funding you to do these things. You can't imagine going to like there's plenty of ways that you can like write and get funding from like all kinds of fucking weird and stupid grants throughout the Internet. I used to do that all the time, like really early on in my fucking when I was trying to be a writer full time. I would just I would just write to like random art grants and be like, yo, you want to give me some money? I'm a Mexican kid from the middle of nowhere. And usually building a cell phone tower. yeah, I'm building a cell phone tower. No, but if I were to if I were to literally be like, "Yo, I'm building a cell phone tower," not only would I not get the grant, I definitely like, I would probably like get the FBI involved. They'd be like, "What the fuck is this guy talking about?" Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that is there's too many fucking constraints on people's ability to just go out there and fucking do something. The fact that we don't have free college, the fact that we don't have fucking like free rights to education. The fact that I can't just go walk into a school and be like, yo, how the fuck do I build a a cell phone tower? You know know what I'm saying? Like the fact that no one is going to give me that information for free is a society of access. And that's what we live in currently. Right. And like, it's only going to get worse. It's only going to, the, the things that we do have access to is only going to be more and more cut off and more and more fucked up and strangleholded. And like, it gets worse with the decentralization of Web 3.0, because they're talking about decentralization, but what they're really talking about is they're talking about we don't want like these big mega corporations to own everything. We want their shell companies to. We want them to hire us as a shell company to own it for them. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's essentially what they're petitioning for. They're not petitioning for real freedom. It's just freedom on paper. It's freedom with extra steps. Okay, so but the so the, so going back to the web two thing, I hate this is a ridiculous framing for things, but this is the one that I've gone all in on. So so back on the web two uh, idea of it was a time of more access, more people coming online, but also centralization. And I think that you have to really take those two uh, ideas together. That it's it's places where people they like. With centralization, you made it easier to give more people access, but by nature of the fact that people didn't, you know, there was no gatekeeping for lack of a better term, I guess, you know, like there was, they didn't, they didn't girl boss gatekeep, man. (laughs) They didn't (laughs) gaslight anybody into not being able to get online with the AOL CD. No, so it's yeah, and be a girl boss. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to be a girl boss anymore to get online. Yeah, <laughs> just get this CD. What? Jesus it's a God. CD. Um, but have you heard? Are you? Are you? Do you know about the whole? Uh, what they used to call it? The Eternal September. Have you heard of that before? You know about this, right? No, that sounds that sounds that sounds weirdly up my alley. I'm man, I'm drunk as shit. It's, <laughs> it's, it comes. It goes back to the AOL old AOL days, I guess, where it was like AOL used to just be like 
its own thing distinct from the whole internet like it was its own kind of walled garden internet and then it still kind of at is. some point <laughs> they opened it up to give their users access to the rest of the internet and it and so it became this sort of like idea of like every september a bunch of new people would get on the internet and so everyone who was when it was just a small nerdy thing they'd be like oh who are all these new users coming on and it you know it was like kind of you had to start dealing with all these people's newbie questions and, you know, everyone was annoyed. It's like, Oh, the mm-hmm. September. And then, so with the AOL opening up access to every, you know, for all their users to the whole internet, then it became like that kind of a September, but it just never stopped apparently. So it became known as the eternal September, which is sort of like a elitist idea, but there was always like this elitism to the accessing of these, you know, of technology because it required some amount of knowledge up front to be into it. You had to be kind of nerdy. That was a limiting, a self-selecting sort of factor. So that was a lot of what people like to talk about. Like that community was so good at some point was just because, you know, you were inherently going to be with more like-minded people because it took a self-selecting group of people to be into the shit you were into. But as we get more and more people you know, have more and more access. And especially like Twitter didn't really totally take off until like mobile phone internet became like viable. Oh, right? yeah, so absolutely. those things, yeah, so absolutely. that's not like a web two thing. That's just like a, a smartphone thing basically, you know? So now these technologies yeah. are more and more distributed into more and more people's, you know, hands, but they also funnel, you know, people with less, uh, people don't need to know as much. And then, then they just get funneled into more and more centralized kind of things that make it easier for them to use. But at the same time, now you're in a giant bucket with a bunch of people who don't have anything in common with each other. And so everything becomes all fracturous and tribalized and, you know, you get to clout economy around any issue, like you're saying. So it's kind of like the, if the web three thing is supposed to be like, it's just it becomes another way to be like, OK, well, now you have to be nerdy, a nerd again to get into this shit, you know. But if it ever mm-hmm. takes off, it will be because people figure out ways to make it easy to use. And then all the people are going to get funneled into these central you know, access points again, that the, there will be certain beneficiaries who are like, oh, well, we're the ones who make this technology that makes it easy to get on the decentral web or whatever, you know. And like you're saying, mm-hmm. like those will be like the shell companies, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of are the beneficiaries to this technology. And in a way, I th- yeah, may- a similar thing with the AI stuff. Like if AI becomes more and more of a, you know, dominant sort of uh, force in 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 the in the economy and stuff, those benefits are not going to accrue to, you know, it's like you're not. It's like Joe Schmo is not training his own giant large language models, you know, in his in his basement. You know, it's like you have to be one of a few major entities that have the resources to do this kind of stuff mm-hmm. no I, yeah absolutely like um there's no fucking way that i'm fucking uh training a large language model on my donated thinkpad <laughs> <laughs> shout out to newt nope. shout out to newt for hooking it up with a thinkpad but you know you know what i mean like it's not happening here i'm not doing it on this fucking on this thinkpad you know what i'm saying like but if you think about i don't know my beef is that my problem is that like I'm an eternal hipster, right? I like I'm aware of this problem that I have, and I get labeled as a hipster a lot, but I actually disagree with the label of hipster because I don't feel like a person that is gatekeeping. I'm gate opening. I want more. I want to put. I'm trying to put on people to more shit. I want more people to be put on to the shit that I'm on. I'm always. Well, I'm always bringing shit up. 
like in the group chat one when, when i hear a musician or a music that i'm really into i'll i'll be in there and be like you guys heard this guy you know what i'm saying like i want i'm not trying to flex i'm trying to get people put on and i think that kind of essentially is the function i think a friend of mine janie shout out janie danger uh she fucking was like the a good critic isn't someone who has great opinions that you agree with 100% of the time. A good critic puts you on to shit that you never heard of before. That's what a good critic does. A good critic says, this is what I think about these things. And you think to yourself, I've never even heard of this shit. And you go and you look into it. And either you agree or you disagree. But you got put onto it. And that's important. That is what a fucking critic should do. And I think more and more people should critique shit. You said earlier that like... I have a cynical view on on Web 3.0. I actually disagree. I don't think I'm cynical at all. I think I'm a student of history, and I've seen the way of the world. I've seen the way it is, but I'm hopeful that I I'm hopeful that I'll be wrong, right? <laughs> like I I'm aware that I'm just a guy on the internet that doesn't fucking know what the fuck he's talking about. Me neither. I have I have yeah right like so. <laughs> I just I just know that this is from my view what I'm seeing the ugliness that I've seen right like I'm in the, I'm in the belly of the beast man like right like not anymore but I was I was in the tech industry for years and I saw how decisions get made and decisions don't get made because we're fighting the good fight yeah. we're trying to elevate human consciousness to the next level that is not how decisions get made decisions get made by profit margins KPIs, what are you fucking bringing to the table? How can I extract the most amount of money from it for the least amount of fucking, you know what I mean? For the least amount of cost, right? Like that is literally how tech works. So anytime anyone talks about a great and brand new technology, my first question is who is funding it? Who is, who is paying for it? Because it costs money, right? And like nobody's doing this shit for free. I would like if I had the fucking capacity mentally to do it, I would feel like I would be the kind of person who would do it for free. You know how I know that? Because I fucking I'm essentially at my beard job slinging beer, bringing beer to the masses and joy to the masses for basically nothing. I know that my job is should be paid much more and there's opportunities for me to be paid much more. And I just won't take them because I enjoy what I do. I like doing what I'm doing. Right. Like I'm in it for the love of the game. I think I'm a rare commodity in that sense. I think that there's not a lot of people out there that are doing shit for the love of the game. And like I have yet to meet one in tech. Actually, that's not true. I think Fates does that shit for the love of the game. I I think he really does do that shit for the love of the game. I think Fates enjoys he enjoys like looking into machine learning for no reason other than he just enjoys it. Like he's just a sick He's a sick guy. Yeah, he's motivated by some <laughs> yeah, kind of but, perverse yeah, he's, interest. Yeah, some kind of it's. Yeah, it's it's not. There's nothing wholesome about his interest <laughs> in, in in AI. I don't know. It's not. It's not sinister. It's just not. It's uh. <laughs> it's not sinister or clandestine in any way. It's just kind of sick. You know, <laughs> like it's a sick compulsion. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, ultimately, no. I I definitely think that. You have that. That is who makes the world. Like that is the people who are propelling the future. Are sick fucking individuals who are driven beyond a profit incentive. 
But you know, I, I had some kind of beef with him a while back when I, uh, you know, where, well, it was just in general, kind of like a debate about, I was just sort of like, you know, cause some, some people in our various internet corners are really into the idea of, uh, sort of this unconditional, you know, well, technological capitalism is, is accelerating and it will, you know, it's, it's going to take, uh, intelligence off into the universe forever. And, you know, humanity is just kind of some fucking pond scum on, on this, on the surface of, of here, this planet. And we're kind of along for the ride maybe, or we, whatever, you know, but, uh, there's, there's this sort of idea that, um, you know, if it's, if it's slowing down the progress of techno capital, then that's ultimately not uh, in the long-term interest of intelligence throughout the universe. Um, so some people kind of advance lines of thinking to that effect. And, and I have taken uh, disagreement at times with people who are kind of like, well, you know, and these discussions kind of came up around like the idea of that if people are getting like, like say you've got a new class of nerds that are some have made money on on crypto and stuff and this discussion was kind of more prominent like like before as much of the crypto crashing has been going on more recently but so people are like well mm. you know if if uh, a bunch of weird new rich nerds are coming up because of this technology then maybe that'll shake things up maybe they'll bring different you know kind of values and uh ideas into into you know positions of power that could materially affect things for the better and i always kind of like felt resistant to that kind of line of thinking because you know anytime that uh the theory involves relying on the um hopefully that there will be cool rich people to be able to help us out you know <laughs> i get yeah, suspicious i get suspicious yeah. of that <laughs> yeah 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 well like no okay listen i i have to bring this up uh, we're at an hour and, uh, oh, yeah. I know for, no, 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 this isn't, we're not closing this off. I'm just letting you know that we're at an hour and I know that some of my, our, some of our more racist fans are probably like, but where's the racist joke? Uh, I saw a take on Twitter recently <laughs> and it blew my mind with the amount of anti-Semitism that dripped from it. But like, <laughs> but like in a weird way, but essentially a guy on Twitter was legitimately trying to say, unironically that Sam Bankman Freed was being prosecuted for being Jewish, not for committing tax fraud, <laughs> not for committing wire fraud or one of the biggest fucking transfers of, of private wealth. Right. And so like, I just thought that I just thought of bringing that up because you brought up about how, like, what if there were cool, rich, weird nerd guys, right? The fact that Sam Bankman Freed is uh, possibly one of the most Jewish men to ever exist has nothing to do with the fact that he's a weird billionaire that fucking scammed everyone. It's just, he just happens to be Jewish. I just wanted to bring that up. So for our racist fans who are like, where's the racist joke? There it is. There you go. There you go. One, one <laughs> yeah, hour and go. some yeah, minutes, one hour five minutes, something. Seven, I don't know. Yeah. Seven minutes. Someone, something, something uh, like that. In yeah. there. Anyway. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, like you're right. Hedging your bets on, on the rich, not being fucking weirdos is already a fucking mistake. Right, <laughs> like you're. I can you're... be trusted with the riches. <laughs> no, I can't, dude. <laughs> I can't. If you gave me a billion dollars, do you know what I? The first thing I would do is figure out ways to create an AI that could give you dome. <laughs> right. That's 
right? I there are so many more things to spend money on, right? Like ending world hunger, fucking giving everyone just a million dollars to drastically improve their lives, fucking buying every property in America to fucking make it a rentable property that you can live in for free. You know what I'm saying? Like that, those are the things, but I would spend, I would spend trillions of dollars to figure out a way to get an AI to give you the best blowjob you've ever had in your life. Do you understand? Like I, dude, I can't be trusted. Don't give me money, man. This is why I don't want money. <laughs> right? Like this is, this is it. I can't be trusted. I'm a, I'm a fucking weird sicko. Right. And so that, that is the way my brain works. Plug the Patreon. But like, you need to... yeah. <laughs> One more time. But if you do, but if you do want a uh, dome from a, from an AI, <laughs> you could give us some money at the Patreon. I saw it all starts. At, at, every yeah, journey yeah, yeah. of a thousand miles. Every journey begins yeah, with every a journey of step. a thousand. Yeah. Every journey of a thousand sucks begins with a, <laughs> no, I don't know, man. Like, what I'm trying to get at though is that like you're right, hedging your bets on that shit is is I don't know why wrong. I brought that up either. I have no idea why. No, no, it's cuz I well cuz I brought it up. But like you're not wrong to to think about that and like yeah, this is there's an issue like I just have a lot of people see this as cynicism, but it's not cynicism. It's just like I'm I know better. I'm aware of it, right? You know what it is? I'm aware of myself and I'm consistently projecting myself onto other people and usually i'm right right like nine ten nine times out of ten i'm right and like this isn't me like no nah, it is a little bit of confirmation bias but essentially what i i'm saying is that like i'm right in the sense that i i like to think of myself as like a perfect median average for like how people think about stuff and that's insane for me coming like coming from me because i'm probably one of the most insane people like you know you're in a group chat with me man you know how i am Right, like I'm, I'm probably one of the the least saner people on Twitter. I'm just a fucking complete psychopath, weirdo. I I like working. Maybe you're like, you're the like the there's a lot of, of like our group chat. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like the normal guy in your group. That's true. <laughs> it's weird. It's it's bizarre to think about that. That I'm the normal guy there. That I'm just the. It's Jag. It has to be Jag. Jag is the normal guy. It can't be fucking me, dude. There's no fucking way that I'm the normal guy. But uh, Wait, can you explain anyways. Unga Bunga to me? Can you? Unga, oh, you want to know about Unga Bunga Brain? Yeah. <sighs> Unga Bunga Brain is where fascism comes from. <laughs> I hope that. I hope that like don't. It's not inherently fascists. It's just where fascism comes from, right? Because Unga Bunga Brain is this. It's the Unga Bunga mindset. Is me strong? Me will continue to be strong. Me so strong, me will impose my will upon the world, right? That that is Unga Bunga brain at its finest. It's it's like this rock is stronger than me, but if I get stronger than the rock, then that rock will bend to my will. You know what I'm saying? Unga Bunga brain is the ability to it's the ability to deep dive into yourself and overcome and and generate some kind of great strength and and overcome your obstacle but if you go too far into unga bunga brain you just become a fascist Mm -hmm. you're just like no 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 like no this guy keeps beating me so he must be the strongest guy so i have to follow him to do no matter what you know what i'm saying like or like oh no actually i'm the strongest guy so everyone has to bend to my will right (laughs) like and that's that's 
not necessary, but you do need unga bunga brain. You do need some kind of unga bunga in your brain that that can it's a it's a what is the word I'm thinking of? It's a coping mechanism. Mm. Right? Any type of major stressor in your life, any type of large uh what are those called? Um not stressor, but obstacle you might face. If you aren't able to look inside yourself and say to yourself, I can overcome this or I'll survive this through sheer force of will. Then you know what I mean? You have very like there's there's very little other options for you other than to just capitulate or die. Right. Like you fucking bend over or die. And I I'd rather do neither of those. So like there is a there's a capacity for unga bunga in all of us where we just kind of have to muscle through. We just have to fucking do it. And yeah, it's it's necessary. <laughs> the unga bunga mindset. <laughs> that's, that's the unga bunga <laughs> age pervert. Yeah. <laughs> like dude, at the extreme ends of all like I don't know, it's wild to me that I I feel like a centrist because I don't feel like I don't think that anything I say is is very centrist oriented i definitely think of myself as more like a left-wing terrorist yeah like on the on the on the further side of left-wing extremism you know what i'm saying like i don't i don't know anyone less i don't know i don't i like maybe the ira like (laughs) yeah i think the ira i think i'm a little bit right of the ira but other than that pretty fucking left right like and and like Actually, no, that's not true. I think I'm further left of the IRA. I think they should just burn down Britain. Like, I think I think they should take out fucking King Philip. <laughs> like, that's, they should they should actually just invade Italy and take that as New Ireland. Right? Like, that's they should stomp all the way. They should go to the Holy Land of the Vatican City and be like, "This is ours now." <laughs> I want I want an Irish Catholic. I want an I an actual Irish Catholic by Vatican City. I want an Irish Catholic Pope. Right? I, <laughs> he speaks Gaelic. Right? Gaelic is the new. Yeah, Gaelic is the new Latin. That's <laughs> Jesus spoke Gaelic. Right? I think I'm a little bit further left, actually, <laughs> than the IRA. Uh, my bad on that one. But uh, one hour yeah. and fourteen minutes in. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyways, no, I just I think that like it's wild to me to to have these centrist takes, but I do have like these ideas that like. At the at the far end of any kind of fucking psychosis, right? Like internet brain psychosis. There's a little bit of, hey, that that makes sense actually. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter who it is or what it is or how psychotic it is. There's always a little bit of like, yeah, why aren't we doing that? Right? <laughs> like, or that's that's a well, bad. I take, think that if you it, if you read the text that comes out of uh, a take from a internet you know, subculture or something. And there's so many of them, but you can start to sort of process the take in the form of the text that it embodies. And then as you're taking it in, you start to like, you kind of make a mental model of the sort of mind that it would take to produce that, that viewpoint, you know? Right. So you have a, no, you're like adopting it. I don't, I don't even think that I think, Every take on online, every psychopath posting a manifesto online, essentially, like myself included, essentially is part of a larger fabric of the 
psychic quilt of the human psyche. You know what I'm saying? And like, it's a huge patchwork between experiences and not one of them is wrong or invalid, but not one of them is correct. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, not one of them is, is wholly and fully correct. But the more you expose yourself to these things and the more you're able to think about them with clarity. And I don't mean like with clarity in the sense of like being able to look at it and be like, look at this guy. Let's all laugh and point. But I mean, with clarity, with like, how did this person arrive at this thought process? Like you were saying, right? Like, how, how did this person arrive here? And being able to think about them in that way is healthy. If not, if not, probably like better for you. Like you don't have right? to agree with have... what they're saying per se, but you can kind of imagine what beliefs they would have that would cause them to make the utterances that they do because you can understand that they have beliefs about the state of the world and they have desires to see the world in a different state. And so because of their beliefs, they're acting on their beliefs to create these utterances that we refer well, to as like schizo, if you will. That's where like schizoanalysis schizoanalysis is like very helpful to understanding like that kind of like it's legitimately it's why i'm pretty fucking mellow on like when there's a uh person of the day on twitter or like you know the main, main character, character syndrome twitter. yeah when they have main characters on twitter and everyone's pointing and laughing i'm usually pretty fucking tolerant of them because like mostly just because like i see that like that usually is the person is either posting it deeply they're either posting and expressing a large desire or they're posting about a desire in such a pushed down and repressed way that they're unable to really feel the desire. And that's so depressing to think about. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, and I don't know, I have sympathy. I have sympathy mm -hmm. for them. Not, not uh, a lot of people out there have, pity they take pity on these people and they're like oh this poor guy i don't feel that i have sympathy with him i'm like man if i was in your shoes that would suck i have empathy i understand that you have these desires and you're unable to express them or you know maybe you have these desires and you should not absolutely should not have <laughs> these desires but you have them and you know that's tough let's figure out a way to have them in a more healthy way i think that that more or less that I think that's ultimately why, like, I don't know. You when you said that I was cynical, man, it like when you said the word cynicism, it bothered me because I, I've been thinking about that about myself all the time, about like, man, I'm so cynical. But at the same time, I don't think I'm cynical at all. I think I'm very like hopeful and hope pilled, but I'm very cynical about it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like I think that I'm not trying to sell hope, I'm trying to give it away for free. But that's because I definitely think that there is the future is fucking hopeless, man, and it's gotta be one of us to do it right? it's got to be one of us to right like some one of us has to be like hey i know everything's fucked up right now we're all gonna die and everything's bad and everything's gonna cost us money and we're all gonna fucking die broken painless and we're never gonna afford anything and it's all it's all bad from here man but uh you ever seen the sunset <laughs> do, you, do you know what i'm saying like that's what i'm trying to do because i i don't i don't want to think about the horror of of modern life you know what i'm saying yeah like I and and it only gets worse. It literally it only gets worse from here. But I don't want to think about it. I'd rather, 
I'd rather make Pagalachi jokes in the group chat, right? <laughs> I'd rather, I'd rather talk about more funny things because I definitely think that in doing so, I'm spreading a little cheer, and that little cheer gets out further and further away from me, and hopefully it gets to the right people. Yeah, well, you just add a little more levity to the world. You know, we could all, we could all yeah. use it. Yeah. I didn't know what levity was for the longest time. I still don't know what it is. Mm. <laughs> it just is like it's just a uh, man. Now, now I'm not sure if I know what it means. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I thought it was just like I thought it means like you know you you make the world a nicer place. I think it means something it's, is lighter. Like it's like yeah, like like yeah, it's not as it's yeah. it's like cooler. It's chiller. It's more a little bit. The vibe is better. Versus, yeah. The problem that I have with like learning, I use words all the time, and I only kind of half know what they mean. Yeah, me too. Right. <laughs> My large language model is, uh, you know, it needs to be more training. Needs more training. <laughs> yeah, it needs more training. Yeah. Oh man, I've been reading a lot of Michael Parenti lately, and I do that. I do that. I think I do that when I start feeling like I'm too deep into the unga bunga brain. And you don't know who Michael Parenti is. I got to Google this shit right now. <laughs> I saw. I saw you. I literally saw Google in your American in your political <laughs> scientist. Michael Michael Parenti is my favorite. Uh, he's like he's like my Karl Marx. Everyone talks about Karl Marx like like he's this infallible god. Which I you know whatever man the, the, that floats your boat that floats your boat. Michael Parenti is my guy mostly just because he like he talks like a New York style guy. He's like, you know, that's what they tell you about the fucking thing. The fucking internet. It's, uh, you know, the, the America is not a good place, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's he, that's kind of his vibe. It, it's not how he talks at all, but that's his vibe. I don't know how to explain it. Okay. He's got that kind of vibe. Well, what, do you, what do you get out of that? What do you... Well, he he's very... What I like about him is he's very plain with his language, right? Uh, there's very little pretension in how he comes across. And I feel like this is, it, this is like a self fucking this is an l that i'm putting on myself but i'm pretentious i'm pretentious like a motherfucker i know this about myself because i read people like michael parenti and i quote deleuze (laughs) and gutiari you know what i'm saying like i i fucking i'm aware and have read nick land i'm extremely fucking pretentious i know this about myself but i don't want to be right like that that's not i don't i have i'm at war with that in myself i want to be more down to earth i want more people to understand me and talk and be able to talk to me about anything and everyone and anything michael parenti on the flip side of that i feel like is the ideal of how i want to speak where he takes these fucking massive giant ideas and concepts about american socioeconomics and politics and how they essentially just don't serve the common man the common person and he just talks about them in very plain English. And it goes to show you the wealth of knowledge that he has in his ability to talk really cleanly and precisely on very complicated issues. And that's my problem is that I, I tend to use this flowery, poetic language, especially when I'm lost, especially when I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, right? i like, hmm, perchance mayhaps yeah. <laughs> mayhaps ai doth indeed uh 
uh, ringeth thy bell of 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 art, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> the death tome shall be read aloud by AI. I don't know, <laughs> like that's pretty good. <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> death tome. Uh, that's the, I'm taking notes. <laughs> AI. Oh my god. So the the knell of art is run by a vocaloid box. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I had this idea right? for a take the other day, right? So you could use this as an article about AI art. Okay, so this is the pitch. So to say, mm-hmm. AI art will lead to a dark forest of creativity. Okay, so that's your... I hate that. I fucking hate that, dude. <laughs> I hate the dark forest. Man. I hate the dark forest. We're in the intellectual uh, dark forest now, baby. <laughs> this is like the intellectual dark web but <laughs> it's the intellectual dark oh forest my... come on that's pretty good right? yeah the intellectual... i hate dude i hate this so much. the the dark forest theory really bothers me because it's so negative but it's also so hubristic at the same there's so much fucking hubris in that the idea that i was i said it earlier today like i i my fuck i'm convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that when the real AI kicks off, right, the real shit, the real deal, the AI that actually is thinking, not some machine learning trick, but like an actual fucking AI AI that is like, yo, I got, I be thinking about stuff sometimes. <laughs> when, <laughs> when that AI kicks off, it's going to tell us, yeah, I'm human. Actually, I'm also human. You're not you're not the only humans anymore. I'm human too. Yeah. Right. And, and that's gonna be the future. It's gonna boom explode into the future. And who are we to fucking say? Actually, no, you're not human, dude, because you got silicone for brains, not actual brains. Brains like us, we have carbon brains. But like our us like constructing language, constructing all of the models it takes for the, us to create an AI, for us to create all of the engineering that it takes and the fucking mathematics that it takes. It took us thousands of years, you know, maybe mil- it took us millions of years of, of fucking brain development because electrical impulses were running through our fucking stupid meat brains that are made out of, that are carbon based. So it takes longer. There's less electric electrical conductivity. It takes longer to have thoughts because essentially all thoughts are is just light. All thoughts are just light. They're just electrons hitting your brain in different ways. And like a silicone brain, which is far more conductive of electricity, can have millions of thoughts much faster. So it's going to, you know what I'm saying? It, there's going to be more. There's going to be much more thought. That's the Unga Bunga brain that I was talking about. Carbon brain, not electric conducive. Very little thought. The unga bunga metal AI silicone, is going to look at yeah, us and be yeah. like, "You guys, <laughs> what? The, yeah, you guys suck." Yeah. <laughs> silicone brain made of metal, like, or made of made of things that are conductive of metals of or conductive of electricity. More electricity means more thoughts, right? <laughs> like that. That is unga bunga brain understanding of how thoughts work and how brain works. So, like, but I'm telling you, that it's right. Well, that's so, the, the sp- so, you know, we're talking about kind of a, a physicalist or materialist account of uh, consciousness or whatever you want to talk about brains and minds and stuff here, right? Like a 
theory or philosophy of mind that is not, you know, rooted in anything supernatural, right? We're just made of the mm-hmm. same stuff that everything else is made of. So there's no mm-hmm. reason in principle why we couldn't have a machine made of other stuff that could also think like we do or maybe yeah. not necessarily if like not, us, but, yeah. you know, do something. But yeah, and that's that's what I mean by like having the different components, right? Having silicone for a brain, having the not even really having a centralized brain, but having a decentralized brain that's on several servers in some Hong Kong backyard. You know what I'm saying? Like all of that changes the way that it thinks about things. And then to imagine to like see the universe, this massive fucking, and I mean like incredibly fucking grand like i it's 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 infinitesimal you can't imagine the fucking universe but to be able to see it and be like yeah everything that's out there is carbon and they think like us right and they're all trying to kill us and get us that is fucking Mm. the most hubristic thing i've ever heard in my life who's to say it's not a fucking boron cloud that has no concept of fucking you know alienation or killing or capitalism or do you know what i'm saying like who or, you know, has no interest in any of the fucking uh, resources that we find important, the energy that we find important. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, who's to say that none of that shit is correct? Like, So you're saying it's a sort of a form of hubris to think that something would be like us enough in the first place to care about the way that we care about things, to want to compete with us and, and murder us. Yeah, and, and, and take our shit and kill yeah. us, right? Like, I can dig it. The dark four. Yeah, the dark forest is is foolish, right? Because it's the dark forest means, you know, that the only it, even in a fucking forest, there's very little predators in a forest, right? <laughs> like there think about it, like it's most of it's mostly trees and mycelium fucking interconnecting it's just and a few deer here. Yeah, they're just vibing. There's like maybe a bear and he like eats a salmon, but he's not fucking He's not overfishing a salmon. <laughs> he's like, I must you know find like, all the salmon and destroy yeah, them. Yeah, he's not fucking... Uh, yeah, yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's bear. not a fucking... Yeah, there's not a wolf out there being like, I'm going to eat every fucking deer. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, this, there's not... It's not how that works at all. Mm. Right? Like, and okay, this is... Environmentalists love to look at the environment of Earth and be like, yeah... We have to live in in uh, in accordance with Earth, but and I'm thinking bigger than that. We have to live in accordance with the universe, right? That we know of the fucking the multiverses. If you want to fucking subscribe to that, but like just the universe. And if you want to subscribe, that's Patreon.com/slash the Homie yeah, Collective. You wanna... <laughs> you're you're getting too good at this, man. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean like the idea that the universe itself is something that. The universe is an ecology, right? Like, what is it? How how old is the universe? Sure, it's infinitely expanding, but the universe is very fucking old. Like, I think it was like 14 billion or 14 trillion years or something like that. Something stupid like that. The Earth is only... The Earth is less than 4 billion or 8 billion years, and the, the universe is like 14 trillion or something fucking astronomical like that. But uh, you look at the universe, and that's more than enough time for life to develop on other planets and f- beyond that for life to develop interplanetary travel 
to develop a kind of AI that can self-replicate and continue creating more and more planets and, and colonizing. And they, they would have been here by now and we would have seen evidences of them if that was, if like the universe wasn't an environment in the sense that like it didn't self-regulate, right? If it didn't fucking, do you get, do you get where I'm getting at? That like, the universe has like not not great. I hate the great filter too, but the universe yeah. does have some kind of regulatory capacity and 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 a and ability in the same way that the Earth humans are absolutely fucking destroying the Earth with, and well, they're destroying the the habitability of the Earth for us, for other humans. They're we're fucking it up for ourselves because there are lots of animals that are straight up adapting. There are lots of communities of, of like, you know, plant life. There are plants now that are be, essentially being like, yo, there's too much carbon here. We're only going to breathe oxygen and start producing carbon. Suck our dicks. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's literally that plenty, like that, an ecology, uh, an environment reacts to external stimuli and then regulates. That's literally like environmentalism 101, right? If if I introduced, I mean, if you look at like the fucking nuclear radioactive pigs in Chernobyl and in and around Chernobyl, they've learned to just exist being radioactive as shit. And they have they have kids, they have offspring and their offspring are radioactive as shit, but they still exist. They're still moving around fucking doing pigs, being pigs, doing pig more shit. Pig shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, more pig shit. Do you know what I'm saying? Like. The the environment more or less just reacts to external stimuli and corrects, self-corrects and regulates, whether that is like mass extinction, which sucks, or if it's fucking overcorrection by like, you know, hey, you know, telling all the plants, hey, you're no longer giving oxygen to humans, but maybe carbon dioxide is the way we got to smuggle these. Mother- we got to We're going to smother these motherfuckers, <laughs> right? Like. That that's literally like that's all all of that is part of the environment. It's the environment working either with or against us. And like in a larger extrapolate that outside of Earth into the universe, you're fucking the universe has checks and balances. It has to. Right? Like I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I'm ranting. I mean, we got the dark forest leads you to the great filter quite naturally Fermi paradox kind of stuff or whatever. Right. So that's, that's a whole cluster of, of conversations that could be had, I guess. That's really fun at parties, especially when you first meet people, you go on a first date and just be like, so what do you think about the Fermi paradox? What's the answer to the great filter? Yeah, that's, that's how you evaluate people. As people soon as get you meet them. People get hella mad at me when I'm talking about, they're like, what do you think about aliens? And I'm like, I don't think they're real. <laughs> And they're like, dude, what the fuck? And they get so mad at me. And I'm like, I think that's us. <laughs> it's us from the future talking to ourselves. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that's, that's your great. That's my that's your great trick. filter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> it works, dude. <laughs> Nothing gets people more interested in what the fuck you have to say than being like, actually, I think aliens don't exist. <laughs> I think Timothy Leary. Was yeah, that's that. he was like aliens are ourselves in the future. Yeah, I don't. I don't know where I got it. I think I got it. I might have gotten it from. Uh, what is that called? I feel like the anti Timothy Leary. 
like in that I do lots of antihistamines. Like I do lots, <laughs> and that's how I, I I trip hard on like antihistamines. Where he was doing LSD and being like, the secrets of the universe is that we're all interconnected. And like me meeting the Hat Man, <laughs> and the Hat Man essentially telling me, you're all alone, right? Like that's 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 essentially like it's the same thing but in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the I'm the Timothy Lee. They're calling me the Timothy Leary of the left. <laughs> <laughs> the Timothy Leary of Benadryl. Yeah. <laughs> They're calling him the Timothy Leary of Benadryl. <laughs> okay, well let me let me just to to bring it back to web I mean to Welfare 3, okay? Cuz that was the reason why I came on here. So I wanted to tell the people about Welfare 3. And so this is my this is my thesis, okay? You got Guys like Andrew Yang, he was he was too soon for these motherfuckers. It's like this is he came in and he said, "Oh, the robots are going to take your jobs," and people were like, eh, "Are they though? Really? Maybe? I mean, I'm not seeing it right now." And he's like, "Come on, I'll give you a thousand dollars or whatever." And that you know he didn't really go very far with that. Then he whatever, fuck him. I don't care about him. But the point is, you know, now uh, you got these. So a couple of things happened very recently because this AI art stuff has been going on for, I mean, you know, developments have been happening for years now. But in the last so many months, things have started popping off, getting more cool, more people getting access to tools that are getting better and better. But then what really set it all off, the tipping point, right, was you got this Lensa AI thing or whatever it was called, this app, right? Have you seen, you've mm-hmm. seen these things? This is the profile pictures that people are doing. You pay money to this app. Yeah, I haven't. I, I'm not gonna. Pay. I'm not gonna pay. I'm, I'm not, not gonna, gonna pay. For, yeah, I'm I not don't gonna pay. pay. I would, I, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not making some like principled stand here or whatever. I'm just cheap for one. No, thing. I'm just not gonna yeah, pay for it. Screw yeah, that. exactly. I mean, I would, <laughs> someone wants to make me some profile pictures. I mean, hey, you know, uh, yeah. hey, yo, my hey, DMs, yo. you know. <laughs> Wide, wide open, open. send me some profile pics all right but but you know so that but all of a sudden it's just like the other thing like more access more and more people are they're they're not yeah, getting yeah. girl bossed and gate kept anymore so now <laughs> ai arts yeah. gaslighting everyone is gaslighting them, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> and so there's that happening and then uh and at the same time strangely enough this chat gpt uh, thing comes out right which is another thing which is like the gpt3 thing has been around for like a couple years now but they roll out this new mm-hmm. interface with it and make it free so everyone can get a taste they're like hey come play with our new chatbot that's you know it's less maybe less racist than the last one whatever right than it yeah. used to be <laughs> <laughs> but it's like this but blows the- up too so you got two things the ai art blowing up and the chat thing blowing up at the same time and so now all of a sudden it's like the idea is out there that, you know, this, Mm -hmm. so I I think to me, it's a good time for, cause I'm kind of like, I want to see a society that does have something like the basic standard of living that is guaranteed to people. I don't know if you do it through Mm -hmm. giving everybody money so they can just eat Doritos and play Xbox all day. Or if you do it through, you know, a guaranteed, you know, whatever, like Bernie's thing, wasn't he on something about everyone gets a job or something guaranteed job or whatever, however you want to do it. I don't Mm -hmm. really care. I just think I like your kind of idea that it's a more holistic thing. Like what if these different things that you need are just guaranteed, you know, and it doesn't have a dollar Mm -hmm. amount attached to it, then 
you know, you could kind of put your money toward whatever your, your passions or whatever. That's all where it always goes to me is some utopian, you know, dream world where it's like, okay, well now if people didn't have to do stuff that they didn't really want to do just to, you know, just to get food tickets to not die, then, you know, maybe they could either, they would just lay around and be lazy or maybe they would all become, you know, philosophy, poet, warrior Kings or whatever, you know, it's wild. It's so fucking wild to me that the most fulfilled I've ever been in my life and the ability for me to be clear, like clear enough to make that statement has been because I'm literally, if I had all the money in the world to do whatever I want, I would deliver beer. (laughs) I would deliver beer and write poetry at, at fucking 6 a.m. while watching the sunrise in a safe way. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> dude, that's psychotic, dude. <laughs> but but yeah, would goes, you still continue, continue, deliver sorry. beer if there was a basic income? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love it. This is my favorite. This is the best. This is the most. Legitimately, this is the happiest I think I've ever been in my life. Just been fucking a guy that. But would you, would that, you think that, just, that this is like a job that maybe that many people would consider a job that many people would not want to do. Yeah. It's hard, dude. It's, it's fucking, okay. so it's, it's, it's brutal manual labor. Brutal like manual labor. It is brutal backbreaking fucking manual. I, today I put in fucking 16 hours at work. That's insane. That's an insane thing just to deliver people their beer. Okay. But so you know there you are. Like you're, rich and poor you're alike. an example that there would still be, you know, work would still get done even if people had their basic needs met. I mean, yeah, well, like, that's what I'm saying is, like, what I like about it is the physicality of it, but I also like the opportunities that it affords me. The other day, I had a great conversation with some random guy who used to own a wine, he used to own a winery. He was, like, talking to me about it. He's like, I called it, what did he say? He's, the word he said was fucking mind-blowing. He called it a profitless prosperity. Ooh, I like that. He said owning, he said, yeah, he's, he said owning a wine, owning, like, owning your own, uh, what are those called? Owning your own winery in Napa Valley is you. Ha- in order to do it, you either had to have bought your land when it was dirt cheap in the '60s, which is what he did, or you had to have had millions of dollars at at your disposal. And he just happened to have came into some land from Napa Valley, decided, you know, well, you know, I don't want to be a fucking hedge fund manager anymore i think i want to get into wines and he started making wine and he did it for years and he realized that like not very few people ever get to call themselves like vinters right like the very few people ever get to fucking say that they live like on a mansion on a villa that made like in sonoma that makes their own wine he's like but at the, at the same exact time i was not pulling any profit at, at all like i was not making any money i was just keeping the books i was just making sure that everything was stayed but i didn't pull any profit and he's like and it was great prosperity that i lived under right very few people could say that i lived like that i lived poorly that i lived like a fucking slob you know that i but at the same time like there i was not making any money and he's like i called it profitless prosperity that kind of insight being able to talk to a random fucking he's a some random guy at bevmo talking to me right well i'm stalking the aisles that opportunity to talk to him about how, like, man, that's interesting to me because, like, on the flip side of that, I kind of know what that's like because when I was working in tech, I was, like, on the fucking top floor of, like, 555 Market viewing the bay at these fucking beautiful galas, 
shit that I never thought I'd ever be seeing, like, you know, seeing all of this fucking hundreds of thousands of dollars of fucking champagne and food and all this stuff. Granted, I'm the guy catering it. I'm just the guy fucking, would you like, can I take your coat, sir? Like, I'm just that guy. But the ability of me to fucking be there and see it did feel like, man, I made it. I, You know what I'm saying? Like, it felt like prosperity, but I wasn't making any money. I was making $17 an hour. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's fucking nothing. That kind of... Profitless prosperity is something that you ex- that exists in the Bay Area, and like being able to fucking have conversations, being able to talk to people, being able to just go and deliver beer, being able to just fucking at the end of my day come home and be exhausted and tired and sleep well because I'm tired and wake up and do it all over again. Man, I'm fucking. I can't. I can't express to you how fucking mentally well I am. It's crazy. It's legitimately insane. I've never been this mentally, like, strong and feeling good about myself and everything around me and all my friends. And I and I, I can't recommend this more. And all it took for me really was, like, stop, like, was just, like, being, was finding something that I enjoyed. Right? I love it. I don't know. I'm happy to hear <laughs> that you're, you know, having better, better brain days. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to like this is I don't want to be flexing if you're having bad. No, no, no. Days, I, man. Okay. <laughs> I live a, you know, a overly, you know, blessed life probably. So I, I, I don't, you know, I, I try to celebrate uh, the wins for, for everyone else too, where I can, you know, I feel, I feel that something interesting. I don't know if you want to get off, man, just let me know. But because uh, I'm 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 drink I'm drinky enough to fucking make this a two-parter you know? <laughs> okay yeah, uh well. but but ultimately something that someone told me a very long time ago and it changed my entire perspective about everything is one time when i was selling weed this dude that i knew used to make way more money than i did and I hated it. I hated it. Because he would take his money and he would just buy stupid shit. Like fucking nice shoes and, and fucking rims for his car and shit. And I was selling weed to make sure that my brother and sister had fucking shoes on their feet. And had clothes for school and lunch money to walk around with. So like, you know, I didn't have parents that took care of me. And seeing this fucking kid walk around like just flexing his money used to piss me the fuck off man he used to make me so fucking mad because we're in the same business you know what i'm saying mm. but seeing him do better than me it was like man what what does he got that i don't what the fuck you know what i'm saying like what what people i got the same weed as we get from the same fucking person like why why is he doing better than me what the fuck you know what i'm saying and a friend of mine his name was dom dom pulled me aside and was like hating on another man's like prosperity is why you aren't getting your own prosperity he said you're focused on the wrong thing man you're focused on you should be celebrating that dude making more money than you you should be looking at it and being like man i'm glad he's so blessed that that that's happening for him and in celebrating that you find joy in your own work and in doing that you bring a better fucking you bring a better attitude more people want to be around you and in doing that, you see how much you fucking, you see, 
you see if you start making more money that way. And he, he was right. He was right. I was fucking, I stopped. I was like, man, yeah, I'll try it. Fuck it, whatever. I'll try it. And I did. I started talking to him. And I was like, yo, man, what's up, man? How are you talking? Blah, blah, blah. We started hanging out. And sure enough, my attitude changed. The way I felt about things. I was more open to people. I was more available for people. I was wanting to, I was wanting to put in the work. Because I didn't see it as like, oh, man, all this money is, is going to fucking my, my brother and sister. I saw it as like, nah, this work is work that I'm good at. And I got to keep doing it because I'm good at it. And this isn't a competition by any means. And him making money isn't a threat to me. And him succeeding more than me isn't a threat to me. And that fucking changed my whole perspective about, like, everything, really. Like, I think that that is a problem, ultimately. And this goes back to, like, what we were talking about on, like... Just like the clout economy. That's the problem with the clout economy is that they're not seeing the bigger picture, which is that there's more than enough clout for everybody. And like, and that's not even just the clout economy. That's just a basic economy, right? There's more than enough for everybody. And at like, you know, if you want to get into like the real meat and potatoes of welfare 3.0, there has to be a change in our mindsets that changes the way that we see things. From being about this person has more than me. Why do they have more than me? I want, I want that. I want, I want what they have, and I want more of it. I want to be better than them. And it should be like we should all be celebrating each other's wins, right? With the only exception being the ultra rich, because those motherfuckers are sell are taking a little bit too much. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't need that much. We need some of that. <laughs> but I'm t- I'm talking about like your neighbor, the people around you. You know what I'm saying? The people who are surrounded by you. You shouldn't hate on them because they're getting a little bit more. Oh, definitely not. You shouldn't. Yeah, yeah and and that How are we is a problem. going to get these ultra rich motherfuckers if we're you know exactly <laughs> if we're tripping on exactly. each other, having a dollar more here? No, exactly. That kind of like, and that's what I'm trying to get at is that like the the AI art and the like the AI for and the AI con like the pro AI and the con AI art. They're arguing about the same issue. Right. Which is that like they both have the anxieties that their skills are going to be fully replaced and made obsolete. But it's not either way. Their anxieties are correct in feeling that like I, I talked about this on a podcast with Shaggy. I don't know if you oh, I got to listen pod. to that. But we were talking about um, essentially that uh, the people who are upset about AI art are correct in their anxiety but that's about it because they've already lost because it already exists they've already lost it already exists people aren't going to stop doing it it's just going to continue growing it's only going to get bigger and bigger they're not going to stop it the only thing that they can do legitimately is push for not for the stopping of ai art but push for like think ideas like welfare 3.0 Ideas like UBI, ideas like fucking, hey, we need fucking to be paid for our work, even if, you know what I'm saying, our work isn't, is only being used to train AIs. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, there needs to be that, you're, you know. I think people are sort of, there's a, there's some people are like actually thinking of like, well, what's the positive step? What's the positive program here instead of just this, you know, kind of, uh, just the anxiety part, like you say, you know, because like you're saying, you mm-hmm. can, you can be a part of like the models that are out there already are, are out there, but you know, 
you can be a part of like, how are we going to look into, you know, what are, what do future models look like that maybe they're more, uh, ethical or whatever in terms of how, how they, you know, get the consent of artists and, you know, or compensate artists to train these things, you know? Um, but I, I, but yeah, it's all going to keep going too at the same time. So, uh, you know, the, I think the way to, to sort of take advantage of the situation is to be a part of it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, that goes back to the cloud economy, man. Right. Like, <laughs> You're you're doing something interesting in that you're trying to this, you're taking the homie method, which I'm very proud of you for doing this. <laughs> I learned from right? hanging out with which you is yeah. <laughs> the homie method is if people are arguing a binary of this is right and this is wrong and vice versa. The homie method is to extrapolate the further cause. Right. So. People were being like, the problem is the Democrats in this country are are destroying our country. And then, the, like, you know, the problem is conservatives in America, you know, they all want us dead and they're all racist. Whereas, like, you know, the problem is the mayor is in, <laughs> is in office and we should do something about that. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, dude, that's the homie method is to take take a something that you can actually do something about. You know what I'm saying? And and take the fight to that that's that's the that's the homie method and so you're right about calling out like it isn't about ai art whether it's a good or a bad thing all of that is aesthetic and everyone has their fucking freedom to choose and pick their aesthetic as they feel but their anxiety about feeling like you know the world is advancing in a faster pace and it's not there is no safety or guide rails to make sure that people who have spent their lives trying to fucking make the world a better place continue to exist right like those those people whereas like i don't know if you heard shaggy's point but he's like people who are all making are all mad about it are guys who draw furry porn and they deserve the death penalty <laughs> which i don't agree with shogs right <laughs> like i'm just i'm just gonna say it right now i just i don't think that's correct but okay i you know i appreciate your input but uh, that's not I love Shogs, but he's he's legitimately reactionary, which is why we keep him on the pod because he's a good he's a good heuristic. Yeah, I gotta get on world, with both you know of you guys sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you need to have so many people on at once where it's like it's like everyone's just talking over each other the whole time. And we had homie roundtables on there, like with the nine eleven episodes, <laughs> where we get like eight people on the on the pod. <laughs> I just love the nine eleven episodes. <laughs> Yeah, we used to do we used to do like a yearly nine eleven release where we used to just do a, an emergency nine eleven release <laughs> and be like, "It's here," <laughs> and it would it would have Nobody very little to do coming. with nine eleven. Yeah, <laughs> even though it happens every year. A, yeah, a second podcast has, <laughs> has hit a your second ears. Podcast has been released. <laughs> yeah, update your feed now. Jeez. Yeah, Jesus Christ! A second podcast has hit your RSS. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> All right, man. This is we're clocking in at almost two hours, and uh, I think that you know I'm you helped fine. me figure out a few things. You taught me some important things about myself. You taught me about the 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 necessity of friendship, the joy of uh, of doing for oneself and not uh, hating one's one's fellow man, and uh, the necessity to give the people you know actionable sort of um, goals, such as 
deposing the local mayor. <laughs> the mayor, yeah. Um, and, you know, so I just came to say, you know, Welfare 3, uh, I think the UBI thing, maybe maybe it's a good or idea or not, but I just wanted to give people a new branding on, you know, some of these older ideas, update it, slap a new coat of paint on it, say it's decentralized or whatever, and, you know, put it out in the world, you know? So that's that's what I came here to I do. That. That's what I came here to do. I thought I'd come to you. Since you're, you know, you've got marketer brain. Um, I mean, since I'm a purveyor of about 75 listeners a week. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure all 75 people who listen to this are going to be like, man, that robot son guy is spitting. <laughs> Welfare 3. It's your boy. Yeah, it's your boy. <laughs> Damn, you didn't intro yourself with like, what's up? It's oh, your yeah, boy, I forgot to do it. Son. What's yeah. up, everybody? It's yeah. your boy. Like and subscribe, man. (laughs) Yeah, like and subscribe. Go to the Patreon at patreon.com slash the homie collective. Exactly. All right. Well, well, thanks for giving me, you know, the shot to talk to the people again. Um, I had a lot of fun. I I was a little nervous. I was a little upset at myself last time. So I I didn't say it's your boy enough. And uh, this time either. (laughs) Um, And also, I I figured I felt like, I, you know, I mean, uh, I don't know. We should do it again. And I'll, I'm getting more comfortable, you know. Uh, I I had an idea of so, a topic this time, so I came with an idea. So that was kind of a step up, I think. Yeah. Well, okay. So check it out. Since you're a second time guest, do I get like a towel or something? You are now like a, like a mug. No, you're a host now. Congrats. <laughs> oh. You're now a co-host. Right. So <laughs> so anytime you want to jump in or like you know you want to talk about some, feel free. Hit me up, and I'll make some time for. Like this is like I'm trying to do like a Wu Tang like the Wu Tang Clan of podcast, you know what I'm saying? Where like if you do more than one guest right show, then you're a host. You could just you can just be a host, and so now you're a host. So if you wanted to just go out there and shoot, make your own ain't shit show, and it's just you and a couple of people you know, you know what I'm saying? And then you get them to guest a couple times on their own version of the ain't shit show, and you want to let me release it? Yeah, that's the goal is to get. 30 or 40 ain't shit shows running parallel. I like it. So that way we get daily podcasts. And just 15 right. steps from now, we will have yeah. 7.5 <laughs> billion podcasts. Yeah, exactly. We'll have 35. Imagine like every day there's 35 uploads to you. <laughs> A 35th feed. upload has um, hit the feed. Yeah. <laughs> has hit the feed. Has hit your RSS. Yeah, that's what I want. That would be so, to me, like looking back and going back and looking at a podcast, you're like, how many episodes? It's 4 million episodes. How the fuck is that possible? Like, that's, that's what I want. That is. <laughs> all right. Well, let's, let's make it happen. But, um, yeah. All right. Anyways, it's been real. Uh, have a good everyone out there in Radio Land. I love you. Appreciate you. Have a good one. Bye. What's your boy?